0: My name is Asta Philpott and welcome to AstaVision. My next guest is an author, a chef, and you might have seen him on TV. In fact, the first time I met him with his amazing smile was on Steph's Pack Lunch. And he was the one that made me feel so welcome. So I'm happy to welcome Quoclin Wan.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. And it was an absolute honor to meet you as well. Because I think you were on the show about two or three weeks after I actually watched the film. Uh, yeah. you are um, Yeah, I couldn't
0: believe it when you said it. I was yeah. like, Oh my god, you've seen it. Like not yeah. that I'm like yeah. surprised, but like you're you're always surprised when someone says, Oh, I've seen your movie. Like
1: Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I love, still still love that film. I think it's great. I think it's a, a fantastic um story, really. Thank so. you.
0: Yeah. yeah, thank you. You've got an amazing story as well. Um I've been I've been reading a lot about you and (laughs) and 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 you i'm a fan of yours um and i've got a a couple of your books as well but we'll we'll talk about that but um tell me just uh, the story's amazing isn't it you you your granddad came over and he started um the first chinese restaurant takeaway in leicester
1: yeah yeah so obviously um what happened was in the 1950s in hong kong and there was um i can't remember it's like a big civil war wasn't it china basically china was going into whatever it was going to and there was a lot of people from china jumping the border into hong kong now because my family uh literally were on the border of china and hong kong um, they had a lot of these people coming through their village and i think it was quite disruptive so my granddad being from hong kong and at the time it was under british rule decided that it was better to come to england so um he jumped on a boat which took him a month to come over to england um ended up in Northampton so I ended up in the Midlands I'm not sure why the Midlands because I think most people at the time were going to London right but he ended up in the Midlands anyway and then noticed that sort of like you know obviously the surrounding areas that there wasn't actually a Chinese restaurant in Leicester so I think after a couple of years working in different restaurants he then put enough money to, together to open up his first well his his own restaurant here in Leicester which was called the Hung Lao and by that time as well he'd managed to save up enough money to start bringing his family over and uh, I think my dad was one of, well, it wasn't one of the last ones, but my dad was the first one to fly over. So whereas all my older my older uncles and aunties, they all came on the boat as well, which took a month, my dad actually had quite an easy ride by jumping on a plane and being here within like 13 hours or whatever, it was, <laughs> compared to a month's travel on a boat somewhere. But yeah, but that's how the story started, I guess. You know, like this sort of, you know, the big conflict in China and Hong Kong, granddad coming here and thinking, well, what can we do to make a living, really? So.
0: So where where do you fit into the 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 jigsaw? Do, do, do you take do you take uh, lead from your father or?
1: Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, we were quite lucky actually that we we're even here. To be quite honest, because dad dad came over to work in the restaurant with my granddad, and being I think I've got some of my dad's traits, but my dad's quite naughty, and he actually ran away from home, and he ended up in a place called Southampton. And um, he found a job in a restaurant, Chinese restaurant. And opposite this Chinese restaurant, there was a florist, and there was this fifteen-year-old Myra Jo Nash working in this florist. And my dad actually met my mom um, by running away from home. So when um, oh they got God. together, and obviously back in the sixties, it was like it, it was quite, it was a big thing, you know, for mix, mixed race couples to get together, especially Chinese and English, and uh, they, they they had to um, fight. To be together and um, three years later when my mom turned 18 they got married and then along came the children so my sister who's older than me then myself and then my brother um and um, yeah we we grew up in the restaurants because that's what mom and dad were doing they were running restaurants they were first of all the hung lao with my granddad then my dad opened his own restaurant in the 78 so i would have been five years old when he opened his first restaurant but I, i've got memories now still quite strong vivid memories of going to work with my dad as a five-year-old little boy in my white shirt and black dicky bow and helping in the restaurant so yeah so we kind of like grew up within the industry
0: how does it compare back then uh, a Chinese restaurant to now because when I don't know it's almost like when you go out, like you see a town and you almost expect it, don't you? Like, oh, there's a Chinese restaurant there. But uh, uh, how how is it how's it different from yeah, then it, to it now?
1: Very diff- yeah, it was very different back when my granddad opened, especially because obviously there wasn't anything like this. So the menu would consist of a few Chinese dishes. So there'd be a couple of stir fry dishes like, you know, chicken and mushroom or bean sprouts. Um, you know that you might be lucky to get sweet and sour, or um, you know, so, you know, or a curry, and then the rest of the menu was steak, roast chicken, chips, uh, you know, a, a bowl of soup and a bread roll. So uh, yes, yeah, so it, it was, you know, so it was, it was more of a chop suey house. I mean, back then, I think it would they were more referred to as chop suey houses. So you know, and because it was quite different and unique, I mean, you know, this is before our times, Astor, but there used to there used to be a thing called a luncheon voucher. And a lot of the businesses would give their staff luncheon vouchers to go and grab their lunch. And my my granddad's restaurant used to accept these luncheon vouchers. So, of course, they would have a queue at lunchtime, which would literally go the full length of the street. People (laughs) queuing to get into the restaurant at lunchtime to have their lunches because the company had paid for it.
0: Wow.
1: So, yeah, very different.
0: So the food that – but essentially, I guess, the food served was – was was similar because i don't know uh, that when i i went to a, a a wedding reception once and it was in a chinese restaurant and the couple wanted very very traditional chinese food and now I, I went along very naively thinking oh we're gonna get like you say like sweet and sour chicken or but it was it was completely like different like as if yeah you know, like really traditional. So yeah, there's traditional a difference, type, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is a big difference, I think, as well, because obviously you've got to think about the sweet and sour, the black bean, hot and sour soup, chicken and sweet corn soup, duck and pancakes. They're very westernised, anglanized you know, for the British taste buds. So if you go, so, you know, so when you go to a traditional Chinese restaurant, I think a lot of... A lot of people now, especially when they live in the capital. So if you live in London, you know, you'll be quite used to going into the restaurant and you'll be ordering dim sum, which is the small sort of like steamer baskets. Ooh, I love it. love um, it. Yeah, with either dumplings or, you know, a small bowl of noodles or a plate of duck and rice or something. Compared to what you get in the Chinese takeaways, or we're looking at satay chicken or you're looking at spring rolls or prawn toast, which is very anglicised, you know, very Westernized Chinese food. Mm. So, yeah, it is it's Chinese food in the sense that it's made with chinese ingredients but it's very much catered for the british public or for the you know for the for for, for westerners so and uh,
0: you you've obviously um your books are about the chinese takeaway as well mm. um and like i say I've, I've got a couple of your books but tell just tell me a bit about that and how they came about
1: okay so um yeah it was about seven years ago now seven and a half eight years ago that i decided that um, I'm, I'm good at two things aster okay um, first one is martial arts. I've been a martial artist since I was four years old. So I've I, heard uh, this, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've got my own Kung Fu school. I've been studying for a long time. And the other thing I could do very well was cook because it wasn't a skill that I particularly went out to want to learn. It was a skill that I picked up working for pep for my parents in, in the restaurant. So I thought, well, you know, let's, let's start teaching people how to cook. So I launched the website, gotlinwan.com. And um, I started to share recipes. And then because I was sharing recipes, at newspapers and magazines would get in contact with me saying, well, look, we'd love to feature one of, the, one of your you know, recipes. Could we feature it? And then I got invited onto ITV this morning with Phil and Holly. So um, I did Chinese New Year for them. And then I did the following year for Chinese New Year for them. And I then saw I thought, that. You know, I'm going to write a book. And I actually wrote a book called Chinese Soul Food. Which was a mixture of the food that we served in the restaurant and the staff dinners that we were eating, because staff dinners, like you say, are nothing like your Chinese restaurant Chinese takeaway food because it's more catered towards the Chinese taste buds. So it's more traditional, and um, I found a fantastic agent called Claire Halton, and she pitched the book, and we had three offers on the table, which was amazing. You know, Quadrille, who's who, are my publishing company. We that you know they were the ones that we sort of like with we, we thought. You know we would like to work with them and then they suggested that rather than make the book about the food that i was used to, you know used to eating because you guys like you say you've never heard of you know, lion head soup or pig trotters or like, you know, sauteed pigs. Trotters I have now, meat. I have, well, now have now since yeah. going to that reception. <laughs> they thought it would probably be better to, you know, to actually teach people how to cook the food that you guys remember eating when you went out to a Chinese restaurant or takeaway and the Chinese takeaway cookbook was born from that idea. So, yeah. So
0: is it, would you, because obviously we're in the cost of living crisis now and yes. all this kind of stuff. And, people are, um, I'd say, maybe looking for things they can cook that are not necessarily uh, extortionate to make and probably quite easy, especially if you've got kids. How would you say your books kind of
1: converge with that? Okay, so um, as you know, if you go to a restaurant, or even a takeaway. You know, you, you ordered a fried rice. Nowadays, it's probably costing you anywhere between three fifty and five pound per portion. Whereas you think you can buy a sack of rice for about the same kind of money that would feed a family of eight to ten people quite easily um, on a single meal. So, by giving people the skill to cook their favourite food at home without having to pay the premium prices, don't get me wrong. There's some work to do because cooking Chinese food in a in a British you know kitchen isn't the easiest because you don't have that intense heat and the woks going but you yeah. can do it you know i'm proof of that because i do it at home all the time but it mm-hmm. does take a little bit of practice so you know obviously the, the books are there so you know if you like you said we talked about sweet and sour a couple of times now sweet and sour such an easy thing basically it's water it's vinegar it's sugar it's a little bit of tomato ketchup so all the things that you've got in your store cupboard already and then you just add your protein so if you like chicken or king prawns or tofu or mm-hmm. mushrooms add that you know and then all of a sudden you've got this chinese inspired dish sweet and sour or whatever it was chicken or king prawn and you've made it for a fraction of the cost of having to go out and buy a takeaway so and that's what the books do for people i think and also as well you know for those people out there that really are like suffering because of this you know cost of living the recipes are available online you know i've posted a lot of the recipes on my youtube channel you know I've got a show on Amazon so if you've got Amazon Prime and I think most people have got Amazon Prime especially through lockdown because everything was being delivered at the time you can watch the show for free or simply go onto my website and you know the recipe a lot of the recipes are on there so and, yeah don't be wrong guys I mean if you can go out and buy a book then' fantastic because obviously that's supporting my work so i
0: i I'd, I'd fully recommend getting your books they're amazing um what and i know you've 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 obviously you know you you've got your cooking aside and stuff but you're all, you're all, you're also on a, a weight loss journey aren't you i mean hmm. how does how does oh god to, you know cuz to me, being a chef, that'd be my worst nightmare because I just want to eat everything. It's my worst nightmare, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, not a journey. chef. I just want to eat anything.
1: You, well, yeah, I'm the same. Um, I've always been a big guy, and I've always, I've gotten away with it because I think I had youth on my age, and also as well because I was active. So, I mean, I've been a martial artist since I was four years old. Um, I've always done a sport, so whether that be weight training or swimming or badminton, I've always been quite active. So, I've always been a heavy, active individual. Now unfortunately as I got older my body decided right okay then there's too much of this going into your body and I started to get a few medical conditions. The right. biggest life changing one that I got was um, my hip replacement. So basically my right <laughs> hip is um I've got severe osteoarthritis in my right hip which makes it very painful to walk, to stand, to to sit down, to sleep. And I mean like I like, I don't maybe not a constant pain, but the pain is always there. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's got to a point now where, sort of, like, well, I walk and I kind of like I waddle like a penguin at the moment because I I, can't, I haven't got the flexibility in my hip. Right now, for me to be eligible to have an operation, I needed to lose some of the weight. Mm. So I started this weight loss journey last July. It was, um, and I did really well. I lost four stone, and then I married the love of my life, and we went away. This was recently as well. Um, and we went to America for two weeks, and I managed to put uh, over a stone back on again. And it's really hard now because, like I said, we've come back from the honeymoon, we're, we're about to move into Christmas. So everybody's got all the chocolates are out, and the Christmas cakes, or whatever else. <laughs> I have full intentions to jump back on my weight loss journey come sort of like January. So what I'm trying to do at the moment is eat as healthy as I can Monday to Friday, Saturdays and Sundays when I'm with my, you know, my, my external family. And when I'm with friends, we tend to eat what we want. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I'll just have to see what I weigh come January and, start the to start the weight loss journey again really. Uh, but I am hoping sort of like you know the operation will be early next year now and um I get this hip sorted out and then I can get back to my full sort of like you know hitting the gym as I used to do and you know teaching more regularly in my kung fu school. But yeah, yeah. It, it is hard because like I said, I love food. But it's amazing as well because I have this skill, there are a lot of foods that I can adapt to be healthy. And that's another nice thing about the cookbooks. So don't get me wrong. The cookbooks will tell you to use sugar. They will tell you to use oil. Now, if you're on a particular diet that require you to use less oil or less sugar, there are alternatives you can use. Right. If you're on a particular diet where you're a restriction on carbohydrate, um, you can then remove some of the carbohydrate or use an alternative. And this is the skill that you have when you learn to cook certain dishes because you can start altering and adapting those dishes for your lifestyle. So... Do you think
0: that it's uh cooking is a, a kind of forgotten skill now? Because you hear so many people like, oh, you know, it's just so easy if we go to just go to McDonald's or we just go get a takeaway, and to, and to me it's really sad because nine times out of ten, it's the kids that suffer mm. with non-nutritional food that's actually quite probably easy to make.
1: I think the problem being as well, sort of like a lot of people, they will fall into the bandwagon of wanting to buy a takeout or go to a restaurant. Um, and, and there are a lot of places now, especially sort of like if you live in a big city where you can actually eat out for probably less than you can buy the fresh ingredients with the cost of living prices going up. Because obviously these guys are buying in bulk, you know, um, and then you've got the likes of convenience foods from the supermarkets so Mm -hmm. people say yeah okay well I'm cooking dinner tonight so what are you cooking well I'm going to open up a pack of chicken nuggets and put those in the oven I'm going to you know get a packet of waffles and put those in the oven and I'm Mm going to serve that with some baked beans or or spaghetti now to me that's not cooking that's heating up food that's already been pre so you're talking about the nutritional value the nutritional value in the nuggets the waffles and the spaghetti probably isn't very good high sugars Bad fats, trans fats, and stuff that you shouldn't be eating. It is a lost art form of taking a raw potato or a raw piece of or a raw bag of rice or raw vegetables and turning it into something amazing by using ingredients and using the combinations and, you know, cheating. We, I always talk about this about cheating flavors through caramelization and making sure your hot wok is hot because it injects different flavors in. It is a lose, it is a, an art form that is dying down, unfortunately, because of. The people are now they're just busy you know they're busy they're working longer hours mm. they're um they're trying to put in social life. So the last thing they want to do is go home and cook a meal for a family of four that's going to take them another an hour and a half two hours but this is why i bought out two books one was called five ingredient chinese takeaway in five so how to use minimal ingredients but still get those flavors and the other one was 10 minute chinese so you can actually create dishes that only take 10 minutes. So by the time you put a pot of rice on, which takes about 25 minutes to boil, but you've got a nice big pot of rice, then it's going to cost you pence to feed a family of four. And then you're going to put that with sort of like some fresh onions, some aubergines, you know, mange too, any veggies that you like. And then a protein of choice, you know, you can buy sort of like, you know, your your chicken or your pork, You know, pork loin is quite, quite cheap at the moment. Mm. Um, And stir fry that in with a little bit of soy sauce. And again, once you've bought these ingredients, they will last for months in your cupboard you know, and you can just keep injecting flavors and then you've got your garlic and your ginger and spring onions and stuff, which are just add, add those aromats. And you've got an amazing meal for four for about a pound a head. So
0: no brainer, isn't it?
1: It is really, I think so. But again, yeah, for people, it's learning that skill. So number one, they've got to go and obviously either source the recipe, whether that's online or go and buy a book. Then they've got to have the effort of going out and buying that ingredient. So make sure they've got the ingredients in. Then they've got to cook it. So it's no longer 10 minutes anymore. And I think that's their mindset. Whereas the thing is, if you've gone out and bought your ingredients, you've got your store covered and you've, you've taken the time to find that recipe and you've done it the first time. And yeah, the first time might take you a little bit longer by the third time you're cooking that dish it's taking you 10 minutes. I guarantee it because it's practice and you've got a dish that you can keep bringing out once a week. Everybody's going to really like it. They get in their veggies, they get in their vitamins, they get in their proteins, they get in their carbohydrate and they get in full bellies for little money.
0: Exactly. I think it's great. What you are doing. doing? Um, <laughs> I've a, uh, I've I've been recently, well, I I follow you, but I've been avidly watching your Instagram recently. And you've been to America, haven't you? But Mm. there's a reason you went to America. And I think we both have something in common here that we've actually found our soulmates. Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on that one as well, Aston. You too. (laughs) Yeah. I was uh, fortunate enough to um, bump into um, someone that I knew as a child. And um, as you know, we bumped into each other as adults, and that was it from that moment on. We don't think there's been a day that we haven't spoken to each other or seen each other. And uh, yeah, I had the privilege of marrying her, and she's, she's sitting just there actually. So, so yeah, <laughs> it's a bit teary when I think about it that you know, I've been so lucky, I am so lucky, and it's me um, too.
0: I feel fortunate,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, do yeah, the, I, um... yeah. We wanted to go to America, we wanted to do the. Um, we wanted to do, we wanted to drive the deep south. So um and we we, we hired a Mustang convertible. We were nice. very fortunate, you know, we, we drove in there and we uh, we did the Alvis experience, we did Tupelo, we did you know, Gracelands, we did the New Orleans, you know, the Mississippi, the whole lot. So we were very lucky. And we had America's a great a place, isn't that. it? Yeah, yeah, it is. it
0: is. And the food is great. Like yeah, it-
1: you know what? Everybody keeps on saying that. I never found great food. Really? No, there was there was one or two restaurants. I think okay, I would eat there again, but it wasn't like blow my socks off. Wow, food!
0: Yeah.
1: In fact, the best the best bit of food I had out there was in Natchez, and we found a, it was a brewery, and they did a Chicago style pizza, and it was like a, no Detroit sorry Detroit style pizza. It was a real, <laughs> and that was the best thing I had out there. And that was you know, and that was just bread, cheese, and bloody pepperoni. <laughs> so, but it was amazing, and I would fly all the way back out
0: there again to have that pizza pizza. yeah my favorite i think my favorite place in america to eat is denny's but i i I do fear that if i if i if i lived out there because i was born out there if i lived out there still i'd be bariatric i'd definitely like (laughs) the portion sizes were just ridiculous (laughs) like constantly but um how so what what's next for you? I know you've you you do Steph's Pack lunch and mm. I know you've done this morning and and, and and you know, people talk about there's a sub there's the subject's hot of um school meals and stuff like that. I, I think you would be an incredible example to go into schools and say, Hey, you know, I can create this mm. nutritional meal for you guys yeah. for I
1: have actually done the school thing before. I've been into several schools and we've we've taught a group of 60 children I guess I'm just looking at Joe so about 60 children <laughs> at a time and um, it was quite fun actually just teaching them how to do like rice rolls or you know a fried rice dish and um, as far as what's going next um, I'm writing book number seven which doesn't come out for a couple more years so I'm, I'm about to start writing that and nice. um, we start filming um, a new online show next year Um, I won't give you the title yet, so we're not 100% sure, but it will be more based around the East Asian food and the communities that are around the UK, and that's an online show. Um, Also, as well, um, like yourself, I've I've got a phenomenal talent agency, um, and and I'm under their wing now, and I've been with them for a few months, and um, we've got about five or six shows that I've written out with different production companies at the moment, so there's, um, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to get um, a, a nice show out on next year sometime or, you know, or filming next year at least, um, which would which be fantastic, which would be my own show, which, you know, I'm really excited about. So, yeah, th- th- there's lots of things on the horizon for, for the next couple of years anyway. So a lot of them, they're kind of like, you know, they're sitting on the stove and they're just simmering away at the moment. Simmering. Yeah. And I think if you're going to do this line of work, you have to be patient and patient. You have to learn patience because nothing happens overnight, you know, and the few people that you think, oh, I see that guy on TV all the time. What people don't realise is that, you know, he's probably been doing it for 15 years before he got noticed or before he actually got his big break or her big break. Um, So, yeah, so, and, and that's kind of like where I feel like I'm at at the moment. I think people seem to enjoy the, the the shows that I'm on, they seem to engage with the cookbooks and the cook-alongs, and yeah. So I think it's just a matter of time, really. Uh, just waiting for the right person to come along, uh, either with their idea or with using one of one of my ideas, and just getting it in front of the right platform. So yeah. I really
0: enjoy watching you. Um, I, think really. I think it's just it's not about just the cooking, is it? As well, it's about it's about your presence and what you give off, you know, yeah. from your heart. I, I really feel
1: exactly the same really... as you. I think so. I've done a lot of podcasts, Asta, and this has been the most comfortable one I've ever done. Oh, thank you. But yeah, I think you're a natural. I think this is this is amazing. So, yeah, so, but I feel exactly the same way as you. Are. And look at, look, look at the healthy colour you are. I'm so pale at the moment. I've been ill for a week <laughs> no, now. So.
0: I, it, mine's just rust. It don't, don't read it. <laughs> Can I, I've just got a couple of questions from you, from viewers. Mm. Um, what is your favourite Chinese dish?
1: Okay, um, I've got a couple. So if I go into Chinatown, London, I will always go and have the roast duck, and normally with just rice and vegetables. Um, that's normally accompanied with a f- couple of th- dim sum dishes. So I love Hargau. There's a rice roll dish called Chun Fun, um, which I, and I have the king prawn Chun Fun. Um, I'm just thinking, what else? I love the satay whelks. So you get like the Welks, but in the satay sauce, and you, and again another dim sum dish. Now, if I'm eating Chinese when I'm just at, you know outside of London, terribly enough, it's sweet and sour chicken. I absolutely love sweet and sour chicken. Sweet and sour chicken and egg fried rice, a chow mein on the side. Chips and curry sauce, it's all the bad stuff, oh. and it tastes fantastic. Oh. You know, and I just don't think you can beat. I mean, that's comfort food one hundred and one for a lot of people, not just myself. You know, it's carbohydrate laden, it's full of grease, and it tastes fantastic, and it's full of sugar. <laughs> oh, so
0: yeah. I love. I absolutely love uh, salt and pepper chicken wings. I'm just like,
1: oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I-, I don't think anyone can communicate with me while I'm eating them. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this heaven in a box? Like,
1: I am. Um, I- how do they do it? So easy to cook as well, mate. Really, so easy to cook. Are they? Yeah, really easy. So, um, but I'm on my Christmas show actually. Um, got these Chinese takeaway kitchen at Christmas, which came out last Christmas.
0: I saw yeah. that, yeah.
1: Salt and pepper wings are on there. So, I'm not amazing.
0: Sure. Please, anyone that's wanting to make salt and pepper chicken wings, watch <laughs> this. Um, next question is, um, who cooks in your house?
1: <laughs> um, I do 20 to 30% of the cooking and Joe does the other 70%. Um, cool. Yeah. So she's just adding it up now, I think. So, sort of like, she's probably saying <laughs> more than 70%. So, uh, because, is, like you say, I mean, a lot of the time, um, like you say, because, because cooking's my job, um, I think Joe likes to then take over the kitchen a little bit and say, well, what would you like me to cook you tonight? I and mean, she was asking this Aww. earlier. She was at the shops earlier. She said, what do you want for dinner? She's picked up some chicken and stuff. So I think we've got chicken. Oh. And um, so, yeah, so it's nice. But And when I do cook, yeah, yeah we're both very good cooks. You know, yeah. and that's just, you know like you say, there's two things that I'm good at, martial arts and cooking. But Joe, in, Joe is a phenomenal cook as well. So wow. even though I had solid post eggs earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting scoured at. <laughs> they, just, they weren't solid; they were creamy. That's what I've just been. I think told. the
0: uh, yeah. I think I think your martial arts is going to uh, be, be reversed <laughs> Stupid, on I'm you I'm soon. But, need <laughs> them in a minute. Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> What?
0: uh <laughs> I can't, I can't Keep it together. Um, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. You're such a a really genuinely lovely person, and I I wish you all the luck and. God, I hope you get on more in the future. But I think that's really good advice for anyone wanting in the media. And when I when I first when I was on Steph's pack lunch with you, I passed your dressing room and I saw this lovely lady in your dressing room. And I thought Joe was actually your manager. So I like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't realise there was the there was the connection there. But um I wish you both the best of luck as well and I really it's appreciate you being on here. Thank you no. so much.
1: Thank you so much for asking me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. So,
0: you too.